0: Do you know
1: what you sound like here, R- Richard Catus. How fucking <laughs> that must dare up. you. How fucking dare you. You know what, you know what wounds me the most, don't you? you just you've no you've no restraint whatsoever. <laughs>
0: to another edition of Films on Trial. I'm Gav.
2: I'm Alex. I'm Dave.
0: And I'm Austin. Well done, Austin. And (laughs) this week, we conclude our romantic comedy journey. A journey which has been like Adam Sandler's stint as a romantic lead. Some might say brave and short-lived. Others may say bizarre and off-putting. Either way, this week we'll be bringing the season to a close as we put the 2003 movie Something's Gotta Give on trial, is it soon or is it Nickelback? Essentially, <laughs> we're going to find out if this film will be placed on our esteemed hit list or our steaming shit list. I'm missing Joel here because Joel would have said which one of them's the the bad one.
2: Uh, I, I just think you need said. to get over you need to get over this Nickelback thing, man.
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm over it. I, I don't <laughs> mind back. <Nickelback.
2: laughs> but I'm trying to appeal to a broader
0: audience here, Dave. That's all. <laughs>
1: Nickelback
0: fans or or, you know Nickelback
1: enemies
0: (laughs) now before we go on to the trial our last film on trial was Just Go With It which Ozzy judged and deemed should be placed on the shit list now Ozzy has since gone away and watched Just Go With It so did he make the right call or not Austin yeah without that (laughs) <laughs> short sleeves. What, what what why why do you think you made the right call then
3: well i thought it was i thought i genuinely did think it was lazy and it was it was just not very it, it didn't have any of the controversy of say wedding crashes it didn't have any of the joy of um like fifty first dates it just it was just shit they were shit but at least they were. Controversial shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Memorable <laughs> shit, but, at least.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. So, yeah, it just was nothing for me. So, oh, well. I'm sure I'll w- almost undoubtedly I'll end up watching it again at some point because I've got a memory
0: like a sieve But, uh, yeah.
1: Just halfway through, you'll be like, oh, shit.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: <laughs> Wait a minute.
0: <laughs> but, Aussie, the real question is Has this shook or maybe even questioned your faith, your unwavering faith, I should say? in Hoobie Halloween. Oh no, Hubie Halloween,
3: I still stand by. I think that's a great nostalgic uh, look at, at life in, in Halloween Town, you know, that was I think that's great. But some uh, more can... taste jokes, but what a, what a film.
1: I think at this point, Ozzy, it's more a matter of pride for you to stand tall <laughs> next to next to Hubie Halloween yeah. rather than, yeah. you know,
0: that's the hill that Ozzy's gonna this die is
3: my on. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween's my tree of life, man? I can't possibly. You know, live. Or, or, or oh, the God. version of um, or, what was that other? Suspiria. Suspiria, Yes.
1: Suspiria. <laughs> tree of life. Who Halloween?
0: <laughs> <laughs> three titans of cinema, right there. <laughs> now on to the trial itself. Now all of the roles haven't been picked out of the hat at random. But as Alex has picked today's film, he has also picked the roles. And for once, Alex has picked a film that he doesn't want to defend, which is a baller move. Let's hope that it pays (laughs) off. (laughs) So acting in defense is Dave, who is just like, I should say I've gone with the Jack Nicholson characters here because I've never seen Something's Gotta Give. So I'm just going off what I know. So acting in defense is Dave, who is just like Jack Nicholson's character, Colonel Nathan R. Jessup from A Few Good Men. He purports to be a very honorable man, but when he's on the stands, we can't trust a single fucking word he says.
2: <laughs> that I get, that's genuinely. Very, true. very
0: accurate, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that is actually. <laughs> <laughs> and joining Dave in defense is Ozzy, who is just like Jack Nicholson's character from Batman, aka The Joker. He is well dressed, sophisticated, and flirtatious, but he's also attention seeking, narcissistic, and incredibly volatile. <laughs> And acting as prosecution and trying to get this film placed on their shit list is Joel, who is just like Jack Nicholson's character, Jack Torrance from The Shining, a loving and supportive husband and father who just wants a bit of privacy while he does his work. Um, (laughs) Sorry, no spoilers. I'm only halfway through the film, uh, but so far it's going well. (laughs) Nice family vacation. Uh, And joining Joel in prosecution is Alex, who is just like Jack Nicholson's character, Will Randall, from Wolf. He's a very talented writer, but he's just so damn hairy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Now, just like real court advocates, the defense and prosecution will be making the best case for their roles. These may or may not be their real opinions, though. So do stay tuned until the end of the episode to hear their genuine thoughts. And in the role of judge who has to decide which list this film should be placed on, hit or shit, based solely on the arguments put to him, is me. And I'm just like Jack Nicholson's character, George Hansen from Easy Rider, a liberal alcoholic who has done a stint in prison. <laughs> 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 and, uh, and that's it. I think um, before we get started, we should probably give the audience a bit of a better understanding as to what this film is all about. So instead of spinning the wheel of impressions, because Alex picked the film, we're going to ask him to do an impression of one of the cast or characters from the film while he reads out the synopsis. So how would we like Alex to read out the synopsis here? I mean...
2: Diane Keaton. (laughs) Diane Keaton. (laughs) Or your old pal Jack. I don't know. Thank you, Peg. Yeah, I think it's got to be Jack, hasn't
0: it?
1: <laughs> Jack, I should have, I should have known this, and I should have been practicing it this week. But okay, I'll have a go. I'm a swinger on the cusp of being a senior citizen with a taste for young women falls in love with an accomplished woman closer to his age.
2: I liked it. Oh, <laughs> good, man.
0: It sounded like a cross between Jack Nicholson and Keanu Reeves, who's also uh, in do same, know what? I believe.
1: Uh, it, it's because I actually did want to do a Keanu Reeves impression. I have been <laughs> occasionally practicing that. Uh, it, man. Sorry. <laughs> You've
0: been practicing that all week you <laughs> we we're gonna last year and then we just do no, okay. But at least we didn't go with Diane Keaton.
2: <laughs> this time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get practicing, Dave. Don't worry, I'll get
0: Okay, so without further hesitation, please allow me to kick off proceedings. Now over to the defense and I will start with Dave, who I should say is also just like Paul Michael Glazer's character, Dave, in that he's called Dave and he looks just like Paul Michael Glazer. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they have been a tough couple of years for Paul Michael Glazer, haven't they? <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, thank you, Gab. Yes, yeah, so a bit of a strange one in that Alex has opted to prosecute a film for once. Uh, I don't know what his problem with Something's Gotta Give is, though. <laughs> I thought this was quite a nice film. I enjoyed this. It was It was a very different take on a rom-com for me. I mean, I'm not that versed in, in rom-coms, I've got to admit, but this did seem to be something new insofar as the rom-com focuses on a couple or a potential couple in their twilight years, you know, kind of in the autumn stage of, of their lives. Most of the time with rom-coms, you see a young couple falling in love and you just presume they live happily ever after after that. But, you know, that, that's not the way life is. You know, what about the couples who had a relationship, it's broken apart and later in life? need to go find love and don't they deserve a love story don't they deserve a tale of romance and that's what this film provides so you've got uh jack nicholson who is always sort of like alex hinted in the in the uh, opening segment there he's always dated younger women this is very true to jack nicholson in real life you may notice <laughs> and indeed the character was written with him in mind um but his character uh harry has always dated younger women you're no one above the age of 30 and when you think this guy's now in his 60s, you know, maybe he, he needs to settle down. You never know. Um, But he starts dating this girl called Marin, who uh, takes him away to her mother's uh, condo, I suppose you'd call it, you know, kind of a beach house. Unbeknownst to them, what, not long after they arrive, her mother turns up, played by Diane Keaton, who is a little closer to Jan Nicholson's own age. It was really just a fling that he had with Marin. You know, they're only together, really, for the opening 10, 15 minutes of the film, perhaps. Uh, they they kind of they go their separate ways, they break up, nothing really happens there, but Harry suffers a heart attack a couple of days into their vacation, and uh, it kind of makes him reassess his life a little
1: bit. As, as a result of attempted coitus, just yes. to
2: say.
1: Yes,
3: as a result of attempted coitus. But well, that's part of the comedy, you know, and you've got to get with that, yeah.
1: No, no, I'm not, I'm just,
2: I'm just filling in a gap yeah. there. That it I is. It is quite amusing. What's but... not funny about having a heart attack while I have a sex? <laughs> You've not seen how Jan Nicholson plays it, man. <laughs> Significantly
3: funnier than just a heart attack though. So true. <laughs> true. <laughs> to be honest, that's what I thought was
0: lacking from Four Weddings to a funeral. I thought the cat was pumping away while he was
4: clutching his chest. <laughs> <laughs>
2: On that note. <laughs> so Harry has a heart attack. He's gotta he's gotta stay close to the hospital, close to his physician, so he's gotta stay with Diane Keaton for a little while sparks start to fly you know and the bare man at this point he has broken up with marion they go the separate ways so harry and erica embark on this kind of brief romance while they're there they go the separate ways he goes back to the city he's a he's a record label owner so he has to go back um and things kind of fall apart you know they don't really he doesn't want to commit although she she's fallen for him deep down he knows he has for her but he's afraid of this commitment that's why he stayed single so long and just like gone on a load of meaningless dates and relationships that never really last more than a couple of months and then as the film goes on, you know, they, these two people start to find each other again. And they basically rekindle the romance. And like I say, it's it's a, it's it's quite a predictable ending, you know, And as a lot of rom-coms are. They do wind up together. But it's kind of the journey they have there. And what really stood out for me is that the adult sense of the romance, insofar far as this is a mature couple, and this isn't something we tend to see very often. You don't often see uh, mature couples talking about, relationships and sex, you know, with such, with such sentimentality and such po- poignancy. You know, this is often missing. This You don't know, often get a lot of films like this, that cater to an older audience, showing them characters their own age and putting them in a position that maybe they want to be in or maybe are in.
0: Thank you very much for that Dave, well summarised there. So Alex, do old people deserve love, yes or no?
1: No. And, <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not and this is why I don't like the film. No, like... The, <laughs> That is um, is a good, you know, it's a good intention. It's a good premise to have an older love story. But if it's done poorly, it's done poorly. And it sort of makes sure that you're probably not going to have another film like this come along again, to be honest. Um, I, I just, I hate this film. I just hate this film. I just think it's an extremely poor, badly acted, badly written bad film like I, I just i i there's not many elements of it uh, i don't hate also two hours and eight minutes and it's an all, also an extraordinarily long watch watching it again so that for the episode this week made me think of a point gav made a really really excellent point you made last week i, <laughs> I, 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 might, I might like to say
0: thanks man you
1: no 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 honestly many of you points make but this one really stood out to me it was uh, during just <laughs> just go with it and you were saying how like they they miss the point of her own like you know the the elements in the story and they kind of like just go straight past it, and that's what happens here. You know, like Dave was saying, he has the relationship with the daughter, Diane Keaton's daughter. There's a rich vein to to talk about there. You know, the interest in it of always fallen in love, but they just break up, and and it's quite amicable. And you're just like. Right, OK, OK, that, that would have been interesting if it hadn't been amicable or to see the dynamics between the daughter and the mum as that was going on. But no, the film just sort of says, no, we're not going to do that. And then Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton just fall in love. And then, you know, and, and you sort of check the time and you're like, there's an hour and eight minutes left here. Like, what? what where's this film going? And nowhere is the answer. It just doesn't go anywhere. It, it doesn't... There are interesting bits. The, the idea, I truly wish this film did explore the poignancy of an older, you know, re- relationship or something like that, but it just doesn't do any of it. It it fails to see what the interesting parts of it are. It doesn't really explore the differences in age segment, I wouldn't say. Uh, Keanu Reeves comes into it and there's a love interest for, and here's a good example for you. So Keanu Reeves is a love interest and they, this causes the pro- the problem right at the end where he proposes to Diane Keaton and the, you know, in in Paris and Jack Nicholson's there and Jack Nicholson's like, oh, you know, I've lost a, you know, what could I have done? And the next thing is just Diane Keaton pitches up on the bridge and is like, oh, I actually do love you. I've just broken up with the, you know, Keanu Reeves off screen. That would have been interesting to see. We said, oh no, I've just done it off screen. He said, it's fine. So no one has to feel bad about Keanu Reeves and he's never seen again. And it's just like, it's just poor it's just uninteresting and it's undramatic this film is massively just not dramatic there's the whole second section she writes a play based on their relationship and you don't even see the play you don't even see what happens it just sort of goes on and on and on and you know the, the basic thing you, you come back to at the start of the film is like you know he's sleeping or you know he doesn't but he's dating her daughter that's interesting but the film spends more time, and I'll tell you what the film does focus on. And this is really why I hate it so much. It's it's this kind of lifestyle porn type of cinema, I think, where it's basically like watching a furniture catalogue that moves, basically. You, you, the, the, <laughs> you, you're watching all this nice beach house, she's got everyone's super rich. Nobody, you know, nobody who's not got two or three different houses or apartments could even say a line in this film. You know, everyone's just massively successful and it's just really boring to watch. And I I don't think I'm getting it because I'm not thinking, oh, wow, look at those pillows. Hasn't that, those curtains go really nicely with it. That's what apparently I think the film is about. But as far as a dramatic love story goes, it's completely lacking. And we'll come back on performances later, but shocking script. Oh, God, man, it's just a bad, it's just a hard Long slog. Okay. Uh,
0: Dave, you want to come back on there? I can see about a hard, uh, I
2: just, slot. I just want to point out that Jamiroquai's virtual insanity video was regarded as one of the best videos of all time. So furniture catalogs that move, really on on the MTV uh, out that <laughs> Yeah, Alex. You're yeah.
0: very out of touch with the kids of the mid-90s here.
1: <laughs> do, you, do you know what? Just strike everything <laughs> I said the last five
4: minutes. Just... <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. Um Ozzy, can I bring you in as, as co-defense here? I mean, Alex has made some very, very heavy criticisms on this film. I mean, he said it's a it's a furniture catalogue which moves, it's like lifestyle porn. Is this just a little bit empty? Does it go into some drama? Give me some details.
3: Well, so, so no, it is not a little bit empty. Yes, it does handle a drama. The the thing with it is remembering who it's pitched at this is this is a you know this is a a r- romantic comedy for an older generation this is clearly looking after uh an entire market of people who are never seen on screen you never see an elderly romance on screen not in in such a big way this is mm-hmm. the entire premise of the movie is is these elderly successful elder couple who have both focused almost completely on their careers. You know, she's a a playwright. He's a, you know, a a, a music producer, you know, very successful people. And so, yeah, there is a little bit of lifestyle porn in there. That's because it's nice to shoot. It makes it look good. It keeps all, all, almost all of the rom-coms of the season have been that type of thing. You know, like we had the Hawaii trip last week. You know, we had, everything is about making the places and the lifestyles a character in themselves you know you know alex mentioned he wants to go into a little later about the acting fantastic i actually don't know where he's gonna come out from there because actually you'll see (laughs) i'm (laughs) I'm looking forward to being surprised because um without doubt like jack nicholson shows why he's uh such a stalwart you know within the industry i think he's absolutely brilliant at at the role he's Uh, playing in this and diane keating is just nails it absolutely nails it and it's a very believable romance and i think actually all of the bits that alex is saying oh they just break up and then it it, it felt unresolved no i think the i think actually the various sort of endings keep you hooked and you go that's actually incredibly believable particularly Mm -hmm. for people of their age I, i really can't see where alex is gripes are to be honest with you i think it was a genuinely very good film and i i was glad that i was made to watch it
0: (laughs) okay um joel were you glad that you were made to
5: watch this no definitely not i think alex is is entirely (laughs) correct um so we've discussed it a fair few times in these rom-coms like so many of them just fall into the same trap of you know being very predictable and the same old tropes and you know, you can say that this is different because it's got people that are a little bit older. They're not like young, good looking with, you know, amazing bodies and that type of stuff. So do something different with the film. But the only thing different about it is, you know, the fact that they're a little bit older. Otherwise, the entire film is exactly the same as what you'd expect from, you know, a younger couple. It's, as I say, very predictable. There's no surprises along the way. And the fact that it's over two hours just absolutely blew my mind. Like, it, I'm kind of almost angry at Alex for making me watch it in, in many ways. Because, <laughs> I'm angry
1: at me too, man. <laughs>
5: you know, a rom one of them things, we've said it again like many times, that you can just put on in the background, you can zone out a little bit, you know, and, and kind of relax. But this really wasn't one of those because it, it was going on for too long and it became boring. So perhaps if they'd made it, you know a little bit shorter and snappier it would have been a more acceptable watch Um, but yeah overall it for me it's a missed opportunity you know as I say they could have gone down different lines they could have made Mm -hmm. different stories that type of thing especially if you're going to have you know a different age group uh, as like the main selling point but they didn't do any of those things so yeah I think missed opportunity and uh, there's a reason why we haven't seen it again since
0: okay that's great thank you very much Joel I'll just move on to the script, if that's okay. So Alex mentioned before, that it was quite a bad script. Joel also just briefly mentioned there that it was quite predictable and very trope-filled, which is something that I don't really like in rom-coms when it's just overly reliant on those standard tropes or stereotypical characters. And at two hours long, you could really feel that if it was just full of tropes. So Dave, I mean, th- th- tell us a little bit about the script. Is is it just a bit of a stereotypical rom-com? What does it do
2: differently? Why should I watch this? I don't think it's a typical rom-com at all. And I, I have no problem with the script whatsoever. There are a couple of tropes. I will make a concession on that. There always are in rom-coms though. There's kind of a, a, a thing of the genre that there are always gonna be those those classic rom-com tropes, but there's only a couple. There's a lot in this script that's actually very fresh. Uh, it's a little over long. I will also make a concession on that. You know, it could rocks in at two hours. But for the most part, I would say this is a pretty good plot. Maybe it could have done with a bit of condensing, but that's all I'd really criticize about it. And as far as the dialogue goes, the script itself, I think it is very sharp, very believable, impeccably delivered. We'll go into casting characters later. But I think the dialogue is sensational. Plot points, maybe there's a couple you can find fault with, uh, but I, I think there's a couple I can come back on from what was being said earlier. You know, The differences in age was something that stuck out to me. That is a kind of a theme of the film. That keeps getting referenced to. Now it's not rammed down your throat, so to speak, but it's. Uh, you look at the the relationship that Jack Nicholson has with Marin at the start of the film, and you know there's this opening monologue from Jack Nicholson where he talks about why he dates young women, and it's like you're supposed, you don't like the guy. You think, "Oh, this guy is very sure of himself. You know, he's he's a bit sleazy. Not so sure. I want to be watching a film with this guy." And you warmed to him as the film progresses, but you your opinion of him is pretty low at that point. It's like, why is this dirty old man? insisting on dating younger women as the film goes along you see there is actually it's actually quite a tender relationship that they have you know and he's not just there for one thing they don't actually have sex as they, as they mentioned at some point which which made the fact that he goes on the date her mother much much more easier to bear with <laughs> and um but you know you wonder the the tenderness of the relationship what a, um, a close and kind of protecting relationship it is and then if Diane Keaton starts dating Keanu Reeves and you don't feel as adverse to it and it's kind of raised subtly um i think by zoe uh, played by francis mcdormand who's diane keaton's sister in this that it's like it, it's not looked upon in the same way when an older woman dates a younger man it doesn't get the same sort of thing and they don't dwell on it i'll admit you know alex says they skip it over they don't skip over it but they do mention it and then later in the film you got paul michael glazer uh, who's diane keaton's ex-husband marin's father uh, marin phones uh diane Keaton's character erica in tears she's just found out that her father is remarrying and remarrying someone who's only two years older than she is and this is devastating for her and diane keaton's kind of on the phone you know she comforts her daughter but the sense you can see you can see what she's thinking such so um nuanced is her performance you can see she's just thinking you you were dating an older man you know it's not that much different you diane keaton has no problem with poor michael Glazer moving on with his life and marrying someone new and she's like so there's an age gap it's not not that big a deal but it's it's devastating for marion and then you think well you were just in a relationship with an older man these themes are explored they are brought they're just not dwelt upon you know they're there they're kinda, they kind of they show you how the story's unfolding and you can think about it as much as you want it does raise the theme in your mind and it's there you are thinking about it it just doesn't ram the point home uh and i think also you know it's when it, they said the plot was undramatic it's not meant to be dramatic it's a rom-com you know, the, the, what moments that could have been dramatic in it, such as John Nicholson's heart attack, is, you know, although you're you under no illusion that he is genuinely having a heart attack, it's kind of played for laughs a little bit. There's this bit where Erica says, oh, I'll have to give him mouth for mouth. And he kind of recoils in horror at the idea. He's like, you jerk. You know? And then when he uh, gets taken to the A&E and they ask him, is that have you taken any prescription medications? He's like, no, no. He's like, have you taken Viagra? He's like no it's just like are you sure because what I've just put in your drip is going to rip really fuck you up if you've taken Viagra like, oh, okay right and that winds up in the play later on you don't see the play admittedly but that's a line that someone said when Jack Nicholson rallies against Diane Keaton like you put our lives in a play and she's like oh, not really and then one of the actors comes up "Uh, we need to go over the Viagra in the A&E room <laughs> and it's, that was a funny bit then Jack Nicholson finds out that his character dies at the end of the play which doesn't sit too well with him either There's these great moments, you don't need to see the play for it to serve its point, you know, that's her venting her anger at their breakup and and also him realising he's been a bit of a jerk and them kind of working things out in a way you know, it it serves its purpose Um, yeah, I I really do think there's a market for this film, and I think the script is, like I say, the dialogue very sharp, maybe there's a couple of plot points that don't hit home in the same way, but uh, I I think this is a pretty well written film.
0: Okay, thank you very much Dave, so Alex I mean, that sounds... Good to me, and the comedy as well seems on points. Dave says that the dialogue, you know, maybe there's a couple of grumbling plot point issues, but overall, it's brilliant in the dialogue's Excellent. What would you have to say about that?
1: If only it were true. If only it were true. The uh, those points, um, you know, like Dave was saying, it doesn't dwell on, but it do explore it. I, I just disagree massively with that. They they don't explore. So if you take the example of um, Marion's father, who's marrying this younger woman. They have a conversation about it here in Diane Keaton. And then they meet at a restaurant and you think like, right, well, they're going to sort out through this theme. And then she sees Jack Nicholson. And then that's it. That's just it. It's not mentioned again. It just goes off. It's it's you just constantly saying, like, why did that happen? Like, why did we spend six minutes on that scene when you were talking through this? What point was that? You know, and I think it's just just it was just footage. That they put in the film, you know, and, and for two hours and eight minutes, just just delete it. Do you know what I mean? Just delete that entire the the, the dad is the, the ex husband entirely doesn't need to be in the film. So I don't think it does explore some, some some what would be very interesting about it. I don't think it explores it at all, and the script. To say it, shot, I just could not disagree more on that as well. Like, I just found it cringe-making, to be honest. Some of the lines in this are genuinely just made me go like, oh, God. And it's it's such a shame seeing Diane Keaton, who was in The Godfather Part 1 and 2, and, like, Jack Nicholson from Five Easy Pieces. She, saying, she was in if... the
2: third one as well, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I didn't count.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I, that doesn't count at all. That, that's a mark against it.
4: That's
1: a mark against it. To to see these, like this good cast, saying this absolute tripe that coming out, and the worst, like crime it makes is the way it deals with sex in this film. I just think it's sex in this film is kind of like it's meant to be mature, but it's all this like, oh, do you know what I mean? Like, oh, take your pants off, and it's this really like immature way, weirdly. But so, so it's not these people who have come through experiences. It's actually like a really, you know, that kind of odd uptight person who's talking about sex. It's like that. Do you know what I mean? It's like someone who's really uptight about sex, pretending and trying to be liberal and open about it. But actually, it just comes across as much worse. And they just shouldn't have even talked about it. So it's the scenes when they're talking about sex or, you know, like at the, the beginning one where he's with Marion, and it's just all this kind of like this incidental music, which is like, shockingly bad as well. And it's just like, and, you know, he's like going, oh, take your clothes off. And she's like going, oh, I'll take my clothes. And it's just unfunny and cringe making and hilariously bad. Or like there's a bit where Jack Nicholson sees Diane Keaton naked. And it's just like, why Diane Keaton got naked for for, for something's gotta give. Why Jack Nicholson got his ass out? For something's gotta give. I've absolutely was it like, Jack Nicholson's no actual? Pretty ass. sure it's Jack Nicholson's ass. Unless, unless they CGI'd his head. <laughs> he selling, selling, <laughs>
5: there, Alex, you know how much he loves naked off. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. <laughs>
1: Look, he's gonna. You're gonna enjoy just that bit, but but it's like, but that's a wasted opportunity as well. Do you know what I mean? You've got these actors to do this. Do something with that. And it's just a case of, he sees Diane Keaton and goes, oh, I shouldn't have, oh, poor. And, you know, it. it's just really, really poor and really childish. Oddly, for a film about a mature couple coming together, it's weirdly um, prepubescent and, like, quite uptight about sex, as well as trying to pretend it's not. Like, it, it doesn't get away with it.
4: Can,
0: can, can, can I just ask, do you, do you think that was maybe intentional though? Or maybe that was some sort of statement about how, you know, even the people who are in the twilight years of if, if, uh, their lives that starting up a, a romance can still feel and act like teenagers who are just no, no, in a romantic relationship it, for the first time?
1: It's not necessarily how they're acting. Do you know what I mean? It's not how they're talking about sex. It's just the actual lines. It's the way the film talks about sex in general. Okay. It's very. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah no I'd be all I'd all be up for them not I'm not saying they have to talk like old people about sex they yeah young at heart and all of that that's great but the way it's done is just really uptight and uninteresting and like boring is the main thing and at two, and a, two hours eight minutes it's just a boring way of looking at something that could have been interesting you know there's, there's again a bit like just go with it there's loads there's loads to do here and the film just constantly misses an own goal.
3: I think Alex was... open I was going to say, it's a good thing.
4: <laughs> <laughs> you, you know me and my football metaphors. I think
3: he was hoping for, you know, two hours and eight minutes of, uh, of sort of MILF or GILF porn by the sounds of it. This constant discussion of how sex was handled uh, throughout the film. I don't think it was nearly as immature or childishly handled uh, as, as you're describing I think it was I gen- I do think it was a stylistic choice to try and keep it lighthearted. it's not a drama it's not a you know it's not a hard hitting emotional piece it's got just enough emotion for you to see the characters changing throughout and coming to, to love I think it was uh, maybe you know maybe not a fully stylistic choice but it's, it, it is a choice that's been made you know um, to, to to build that up I don't know I think your gripe with that is maybe a little bit maybe it's just a personal maybe it's just something that, that like pardon the wrong part, with me like, rubs off on you you know <laughs> 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 I think you know maybe it's just something that's like genuinely like rubbed you up the wrong way and you couldn't get over it from that point but it didn't hit like that at all with me and yeah you know, I'm finding it quite often I can I can maybe even if I pretend that I don't, I can empathise with a lot of people's arguments for and against most films and think, oh yeah, I wish I'd thought about that so that I already had a good comment. But in this case, I I genuinely can't see that as a, as an argument. I think that it was handled maturely enough for a rom-com, you mm-hmm. know? I think it's enough for you to get beyond the fact of what they're talking about. It, it's not even the major, it's not a major part of the film, it's the relationship It's the big, Peace. And I think it's the relationship of elderly people. Maybe not. I'm gonna, yeah, elderly people. You know, older people. And that's the point. Is it's just the way they they handle this change in their lives. You know, and a massive change in who they're attracted to. You mentioned that they didn't dwell. They didn't explore the relationship of her, her dad getting with this younger woman. I don't think that's the point. The 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 bit that like and what Dave said there is that they touch upon it and they. They hint at the hypocrisy, but almost of a, that's what men do, but it's different when, when you were doing it, you know, Like, but that is not the premise of the film. The, the, mm-hmm. the premise is actually him realising that, you know what, I've got a lot in common with this lady of my own age, and if only I gave it a chance. That's the, that's the message, you know?
0: Okay. Thanks, Ozzy. Um, no worries. Just really had to get that off my chest. Oh, well, I appreciate that. Joel, Aussie said in all the trials that we've done over 210 episodes now, this is the this is the straw that broke the camel's back. Alex, <laughs> has, crossed, Alex has really crossed the line here. <laughs> what do you have to say about that?
5: It wouldn't surprise me to be honest, knowing Aussie. Like <laughs> this is probably his new favourite film of all time after watching it. Um, <laughs> But yeah, I think Alex used the exact word that I was going to use, and that's cringe. Like it's very cringy at certain parts, and it's unbelievable as well. And I think maybe, you know, if you saw it at the time, it would be a little bit more kind of, you know, palatable or something like that. But this is the first time I've watched it, and I just couldn't get behind, you know, any of the relationships really. Keanu Reeves was like really hard done by, Jack Nicholson is just like a, a sleazy knobhead. And, you know, the the whole kind of film kind of in rom-coms, as we've said before, it just revolves around the main characters, the people that are supposedly having this relationship. And when you kind of don't believe what's happening and when the kind of whole premise of the film isn't believable and it's too cringy, then obviously you are going to zone out. And that's exactly for me kind of what happened. So, yeah, yeah. it doesn't really matter if the performances are good or bad when
4: mm-hmm.
5: you kind of turned off on on what's happening on the screen. It could have been like an Oscar-winning performance, or like uh, like I just didn't really, <laughs> you know, believe what I was seeing in front of me. So yeah, I I uh, disagree with Ozzy. I think he needs to stick to what he's good at, which is being a selfish prick.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Ozzy, you've you've heard him now. Um, no, no, I'm I,
3: I, I, I'm more than happy to continue being. Myself, but i stand, stand by my feelings that um alex and joel have both um
0: troubled me this week <laughs> deeply Amazing troubled Christ, guys yeah. of, of all the arguments that we've had on this podcast and uh, the ozzy isn't even annoyed as just seems broken by this Nice. No, it's, <laughs>
1: it's it's Two decades of friendship, but I I knew it would be something's got to give that that
0: brought us brought us to this brink.
2: (laughs) Something's got to give. It might be this podcast.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll move on to Dave now. Casting characters sounds like Mm -hmm. it's got a great cast there. Diane Keaton. Jack Nicholson, Keanu
2: Reeves, to name but three. Yeah, it, this is a superb cast. The cast they have assembled here is, is sensational. Um, I mean, the supporting cast, Keanu Reeves, as we mentioned, he, he plays um, Harry's physician who sort of dates uh, Erica for a bit as well. He's just so likable. You know, he's just he's a very likable character. You know, that's, that's all that he's really meant to be there for. Um, just to show, you know, this kind of younger man dating the older woman who he admires. He's a big fan of her work as a, a playwright. And he's just, yeah, he's just such a charming presence on the screen, you know? I mean, Keanu Reeves was a great shout for this role. Uh, Amanda Pete, I really like, you know, she, Amanda Pete's always one of those actresses. who's always great in everything she does, but she's never really made that, that big role that's kind of launched at a megastardom. You know, I think she's fantastic in everything though. Frances McDormand as well, you don't need me to tell you how great an actress Frances McDormand is. She gives her all to every project she's a part of. I wish we'd seen a bit more of her in here, but like I say, it is a supporting cast and the focus is on your main two and those main two, the script when, when Nancy Myers wrote this, she wrote it with those two actors in mind and she got them. You know, they turned down other projects to appear in this film together. Uh, Jan Nicholson, I thought was fantastic. Of course, there are a lot of echoes of Jack Nicholson's uh, real life in this character. You know, he is he's known to be a man who do tends to date younger women himself. Uh, so yeah, there was a lot he could draw on his real life experience there, I think. And it, it shows in his performance. You know, he got a, a Golden Globe nomination for this. It was a really good performance and him. One of the best I think he'd given for a long time. Um, and it was more than just, I know we talked about it, the film's not really meant to be dramatic, but there's elements of Harry's life that are, you know, it's that heart attack at the start, which although, you know, they, they keep it light and airy for the most part, but that heart attack kind of changes his perspective, that's why his character changes, that's why, you know, that, that's his wake-up moment, that's his, his Christmas Eve being visited by three ghosts, essentially, <laughs> he, he questions his own mortality, and um, well, it doesn't question it. He acknowledges his own mortality and starts to think that maybe he needs something more in life. You know, he's he's never been in love, so to speak. He's never really given himself the chance to be. And it's that that crucial moment that thing brings his character out. You know, he he gets more emotional after his brush with death as, death as well, which uh, admit, wasn't a side to him he even knew he had. You know, the, the range of this character and the way the character develops, I thought was fantastic. And I thought, yeah, like I say, one of the best performances John Nicholson's given of late. Diane Keaton is sensational in this film. You know, she won the Golden Globe for her performance and got an Oscar nomination as well. You know, she was absolutely sensational. It was just great to be reminded. You know, obviously she she had Annie Hall and the Godfather films, as Alex said back in the day, and we all knew she was great in those, but it was just great to be reminded of what a fantastic actress actress Diane Keaton is. And she is sensational in this. And I think the two of them together just gel so well on screen. You know, the chemistry between them is, is undeniable. Uh, and, you know, I, Alex disagree this agreement on the dialogue, but I think the script really helps bring out these characters, really helps explore these characters. Uh, and I, I really enjoyed it. And as far as, you know, dealing with the sex scene, I thought they'd, they did play it for laughs a couple of times. I, I genuinely laughed at the point where Diane Keaton like stops them as they're, as they're about to have sex, it's like, we need to check your blood pressure. You had a heart attack a couple of weeks ago. Just hang on, gets the blood pressure pump out just to make sure that he's all right to continue. I like that side of it. and The dialogue between them as they do, so. it's, it's, it's so great. And I, I thought plausible. I mean, it's unrelatable to me. I'm not of that age. But I thought it was genuinely well-performed. And I thought these these actors, particularly the, the core two, the couple uh, in, in this romantic comedy, Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson, I thought did an absolutely sensational job, both of them, and they complemented each other so well.
0: That's brilliant. Thank you very much for that, Dave. Alex, what's your problem with Diane Keaton?
1: And Jack Nicholson. Uh, I... I just can't believe what Dave said. I, I thought I knew him as a person, and apparently apparently I didn't. like like I think we're all finding about things about each other this this episode that we didn't know. And um, I just think no J- Jack Nicholson and Dan Keaton do not give good performances in this. I just they're, they're not good and it, and they're just as weak as their characters, basically. I think Jack Nicholson can. you can see it in as good as it gets because you you can't help but draw parallels between that film and this a little bit. Like, Jack Nicholson's great in that. But in this film, he just doesn't have anything to work with. Like, the first part of the film, the you know, Dave's talking about the change in his character. It just happens so quickly without any real fanfare, without really exploring it. You know, at first, he's a, a he likes younger women. You don't really understand why. You don't really know anything more. Is he cantankerous? Is he grumpy? Is he, is he this? Is he that? He's just nothing, really. And then he falls in love with Diane Keaton. And then he carries on and then he goes back to his old ways, but that's not really explored. And there's nothing interesting about his performance. I don't think Jack Nicholson really had anything to do, particularly. Diane Keaton just isn't good in this. I just don't think she's good in this. And I think the awards and stuff like that, I think that's a little bit of a lifetime achievement one. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure if it's actually based on something's got to give being a fantastic performance. You know, you can't have undramatic you know, rom-com light things and then talk about, you know, really, 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 really good performances, I don't think. I just thought it was, um, they're really, really bad performances. And I think that makes it worse that you've got two really, really good actors that, you know, you know, and you would expect more from when you don't get what you're expecting from them. It's really disappointing. And that is how I felt watching Jack Nicholson. You know, the plot is so slow moving and it's so bizarre, the twists and turns it takes. So, you know, they fall in love and you're halfway through the film. And you're just like, well, they're in love. Like, really, what, what more is there? And then she sees him with a younger woman. And you're just like, why is he with a younger woman? Like, why is he with a younger woman after this weekend? You don't really understand. He goes, oh, you know, it's just dinner or something like that. And they have this scene where they um, just talk about it. It's not very dramatic. And then there is just this talking about cringe. There's this montage of Dan Keaton crying and sobbing that is just appalling to watch. Like it is, I couldn't tell, I could not tell whether I was meant to be thinking it it's serious, whether it was going for laughs, what it was going for. She just she does this bizarre sort of wailing that isn't funny and it isn't dramatic. It doesn't hit either of those notes. Um, but then they have all, you know, she has this huge montage where she can't get over him, she can't get over him, can't get over him. And then they just meet again when he comes to visit the play. And they, and they just talk to each other. And it's not dramatic again. It's not, neither of them are really acting particularly. So I, I thought the two performances were lackluster. I think you could base that on the characters. And I think you could base it on the fact that I don't think of them really understood what they were meant to be doing, to be honest, during the film. And I would also say when Dave's talking about the supporting cast, it does look good on paper, but Frances McDormand is... There's no point in having Francis McDormand. If, if a role's that small, it's just bizarre having Francis McDormand. John Favreau's in it, and you could exactly. literally have an extra doing because he's in it for like oh, okay. a scene and a half. There's no point in having John Favreau in it that, at all. Without, and without that, Favreau, and it's that and it's
4: that thing. Favreau, no, no, Favreau, it's yeah, that yeah.
1: thing though. No, <laughs> no, pausey. It's that thing of that's that that shows you, I think, that this story wasn't completely written or wasn't done properly. And it's been just edited and hacked to pieces because you've got all these different actors and all these different roles that don't go anywhere. The, the storyline with the dad doesn't go anywhere. Francis McDormand's character doesn't do anything, doesn't go anywhere. John Favreau, why is he in it? Uh, Keanu Reeves gets broken up with off screen. You know, it, it, it just smacks of poor storytelling. So for me, it's just, um, again, it's just poor performances, poor script, poor everything.
0: Okay, I see.
4: Uh, without John Fafner, we wouldn't have what?
3: Well, we wouldn't have him. He would never have made it as uh, as Iron Man's Butler. You know, if he hadn't been the Butler in this, this was this was his audition piece of being a very successful wealthy man's psychic. That was it. And and I think without it, you know, you've got something's got to give. You've got to thank for uh, for Marvel, the beings. MCU. So
0: Alex, are yeah. uh, so you saying that you Alex. wouldn't well, want
1: the <laughs> MCU? <laughs> <laughs> If, if I had to get rid of the entire MCU and something's got to give, yeah, I think I'd sacrifice. <laughs> I'd sacrifice Jesus
3: Christ. Wow. <laughs> on the though, Dave, I did see I just hand up to come back on both of those points, so I'm more than happy to bow back. for.
2: All, all I wanted to say was that the wailing montage that, that Alex mentioned, I, I thought that was funny. I genuinely thought I was good. I thought she played that brilliantly for laughs. You know, the bit where she's like, you're just crying uncontrollably because this relationship's broken down and then you just see her sound asleep, like completely asleep. And then the moment she wakes up, instant wailing. It was just, and then she's writing the script for her play, taking her revenge. She starts laughing to herself and then goes straight back to wailing as so she's just done laughing. It was just, I thought it was done really well. I thought it was a funny montage. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely enjoyed that bit.
0: Okay, thanks, Steve. Joel, just before you talk into your dinner there... <laughs> <laughs> Anything you'd like to add about Castor or characters?
5: Uh, no, not massively. I think Alex has covered it quite well. And I think um, I kind of echo his sentiments that when you've got the names on the tin that you've got here, when you watch the film, you probably will be disappointed because it's it's kind of like, you know, going to watch... Cristiano Ronaldo, or something, and he bags an own goal to use one of Alex's. It's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
4: not a good. You may, you you use his own goal. <laughs> <laughs> That's what <he> <laughs> but, uh, yeah,
5: what, what I'm basically trying to say is, you expect more, you know, when you when you've got people of that talent in front of you, and I think it, it's a bit of a letdown when you when you watch this film, and I think a large part of that is down to the uh, to the script and the um, how the film's been put together.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Joel. Any closing arguments? Uh, final
2: nails in the coffin? I'll go to Dave first. Uh, no, I've not got much to add that hasn't already been added. You know, the, the point we seem to be coming back to, is, as far as prosecution goes, is that the script isn't good enough. And I would say, I'd say dialogue is fantastic. And, and I've made concessions that there's maybe a couple of plot points that could have just done with being binned, save on the running time. Uh, but I think even in those moments, that the sheer chemistry from your two leads pulls the film back. Even in moments that otherwise would have been a lull, I, I think it's uh, I think it's a decent film.
0: Okay, thank you very much, Dave. And Alex, you've got the sledgehammer out here to tap in that one tiny tack it's, into the coffin. <laughs> it's lifestyle
1: porn that's managed to miss its own point, and you know it's just it's just a waste of a, it's a waste of everyone's time, uh, including mainly my own. And, and all of yours for me making you watch it as well.
0: Okay. Thank you very much, Alex. I've got lots to consider here for my notes. Talking about wasting time, have you got a quiz for us, Alex?
1: I do have a quiz for us, okay? Uh, now, I remember it being quite, um, quite a thing when the film came out that Jack Nicholson bears his ass. So I thought I'd write a script about nudity in films. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to name an actor and you will have to tell me a film in which they have appeared naked. Now, obviously, oh, if there's a if film Gav's I haven't gonna, thought Gav's of... going to run away with it. <laughs> if there's a film I haven't thought of, we'll just consult Dave, and Dave will have the final, final <laughs> answer. Um, okay, first one, should be nice and easy, easy. Jason Siegel. Bam. Right, Dave, I'm going to give that to you. That. Forgetting Sarah
0: Marshall.
1: Forgetting Sarah Marshall <laughs> it is. Well done, Dave. You also uh, next see
0: his one, lad. his lad is out on four
1: display. You see, you see his lad. Next one, you don't see his lad, but it's 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 pretty close. John Cena, Bam. Gav, uh,
0: blockers. Uh, you also see Peacemaker as well.
1: Oh right, um, yeah. I was to, I mean, my answer was going to be um, Trainwreck, so I'm going oh, to yeah, give yeah. you,
0: see the, yeah,
1: going to give you two points there. Well done. Uh,
3: it's so difficult to see. We see a lot of him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Julianne Moore Bam The Big Lebowski Big Lebowski Very good Gav Well done Well done Uh, Kathy Bates Bam Bam. Oh sorry Dave About Schmidt About Schmidt it is I was
0: going
1: to say Titanic One of your (laughs) rich
0: girls Jack
1: (laughs) Director's cut. Kathy was like Hang on a minute Where was that seeing James Like (laughs) Um, Jonah Hill. Uh, which one's Jonah? Oh, okay. Uh, oh, I don't, don't know. Actually. He wore a prosthetic.
0: Bam. A prosthetic arse. <laughs> yes. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> wall Wall Street?
1: Yeah, wall wall as he gets it, Wolf wall, wall Street it wall was, is.
0: What's was
2: prosthetic?
1: His cock, I
5: imagine. Oh, right. Yeah, I yeah, do yeah. not remember a cock scene in that film.
2: I think <laughs> I think. I so. don't either.
5: I think you're probably too busy. Think Maybe about it was films. like a, a, an extra, you know, on the DVD. Yeah.
4: Possibly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> just, just five minutes. And... <laughs> the hill
0: with a prosthetic. <laughs> <laughs> that's the image that's printed out on the on the DVD. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, uh, next one. Amanda P. From Something's Got to Give. Oh. Uh, I don't know, whole, nine y- yards. whole nine yards. That is right. Well done, Gav. Fantastic. Okay, one that I didn't know about until I did my research. Julie Andrews. Yeah, of course you
3: didn't know. <laughs> Ju- Julie <laughs> did my Andrews. Years that's, ago. Yeah. That's yeah. why you were so upset with the premise of this film.
1: Exactly. <laughs> if I'm honest, this the entire
2: reason I picked this film was for this question, just to talk about Julie Andrews. <laughs> um, I've I've not seen on. the film. I know which film it is. I can't remember what it's called. Is it, like is
0: it the Oz? one where she's like she's blind? Or oh, she's deaf.
2: Yeah, it is. It is. And it's. Go on. SOB,
1: 1981 film, SOB. Oh, I don't know. No. I thought it could uh, have been The Sound of Music. Sound of Music. <laughs> <laughs> again, before DVD extras, though, so we'll never know, will we? Uh, Donald Sutherland. Um, oh, Dave. Don't look now. Don't look now, it is. Well done. Well done. Mark Warburg, again, um, with the prosthetic. Dave. Boogie Nights. Boogie Nights it is. Yeah. Keanu Reeves. We've
0: gone on, we've gone on to full laddie, You know, like it's gone from arse <laughs> to,
5: to You're getting like your todger out. Two birds with one stone here, Alex. You've obviously been doing things in your own time, <laughs>
1: but also. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah.
5: Down, ideas exactly. Just
1: getting some good, you know, getting some good ideas. You know, it's it's it, when inspiration hits. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Oh. What is yeah. it? Arse oh, or todge? <laughs> It's 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 a little arse, but not a lot. I have to say, it's not the most naked one in the list.
0: Oh, oh heard heard the Matrix.
1: Matrix. Matrix, it is. I'm going to give it to Joel. Well done. Oh, we so. Especially so you started because started you started hard didn't hard buzzer hard. in, Joel, and I oh, like oh, your yeah. Maverick attitude. <laughs>
3: <laughs> didn't we once try and start a quiz that was called Ring Bell?
4: On this podcast <laughs> <laughs> I think
0: we back? did. We did, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I, think I think it was uh, for Magic Mike, maybe. Magic Mike, Matthew yeah, McConaughey yeah. gets both out.
1: <laughs> Definitely sounds like a Gav quiz, that one. Casper uh, van Dien. Cool. Go <laughs> on. No, c- just true, because. True. Yeah, but because you bust in, I'm actually going to take the point off you, John. So, <laughs> because <yeah.
4: laughs>
1: uh, I think you should have carried on. Uh, Matt Damon. Ooh, oh, about wild things? Possibly. I don't. I think so, though. Are you thinking of Matt Dillon?
2: Oh, uh, yeah, Matt Dillon. You David, are thinking of Matt yeah. Dillon. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong Matt E.D. I hope Matt Dillon's <laughs> up next. <laughs> uh, bam, the talented Mr. Ripley?
1: No, it was. Uh, anyone else? Behind the Candelabra, the Liberace Damn.
0: film. Uh, exactly what I was
1: going to say. <laughs> <laughs> Aussie, you get the point, well done. Uh, ben Affleck? Uh, oh. No, actually,
2: I don't know. Oh, come on, Dave. Come on, Dave.
1: Geely? Mm, No, I don't think so. I mean, that was probably made the film better, I would imagine.
2: (laughs) Buzz. Uh,
3: Say again? I am Buzz, Batman.
1: Not Batman, no. It was, again, brilliant. No, it's not Armageddon. It was Gone Girl. Gone Ah. Girl.
5: Um, I'm just waiting for the day when Batman does get his arse out, to be honest, because it's long overdue. (laughs) I
1: know, I know, I know. (laughs) The Batman is nearly three hours long, and not once, Joel, not <laughs> uh, Michael Fassbender. Bam. Shame, shame. It is, and, it is. And, and hunger, and hunger. Well done, you get an extra point there. I always uh, every Touch time I all out. All <laughs> <the split>. Wow! <laughs> for, for the listeners at home, Gav really looked straight into the camera when he said that last bit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, also, uh, every time I even think about Michael Fassbender, I just remember that my brother once managed to convince my mum that the F was silent. In, it's a German name, <laughs> the F was silent. <laughs> uh, and uh, last one, Renny Russo. Ooh. Bam.
0: Get shorty?
1: Not get shorty, no. We actually mentioned it. This is why I wrote it, and it was a late edition. It was mentioned earlier in the episode. Was it? Was it? <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> it no. It, it was is. not happened. Thomas Crown Affair. Oh,
0: ah. yeah.
1: And so at the end of the quiz, thank you very much, guys. Um, I don't know if you I don't know if you want to win this quiz, but Dave, you did. So well done. Hey. You know you're new to tea and
2: Films. Did, all the way through that quiz, as soon as you announced what the theme was, I was like Kieran Heinz Munich. Kieran Heinz in Munich. I'm, ready. I'm ready. just say the name Kieran Hines. <laughs> Sorry, of Dave. All the, of all the actors to come into my head first when you said the quiz. <laughs> Something to think about,
0: Dave. (laughs) I I told you that that my mother-in-law only listened to one episode of Films on Trial, and it was the Roadhouse one, and she switched off on the way to Patrick Swayze's bare (laughs) ass, which which was my main defence. Okay, so thank you very much for a fantastic quiz. To be honest, Alex, Uh, we should be more like that. So everybody, up your game. Next week, I want part two. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, got a lot to consider here. I'm not gonna lie; this is quite difficult. Um, Alex was very, very passionate in his prosecution, and uh, he touched upon some good points. And I think with the addition of Joel as well, the two of them touched upon a few things that maybe this is a level touched true. upon
5: some good points.
0: <laughs> <laughs> quite offensive, to be honest, go. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is you, to be honest. Uh, you just touched upon what, what you need to do, Joel, next time is get a good, firm grip of those points <laughs> and just shake them up and down. I, <laughs> the, you did say that the film was a little tropey, and perhaps because of that, some of the plot points were a little weak. One thing that you didn't touch upon too much was the comedy in the film. Uh, you know, it is a, a rom-com, and Dave actually did highlight some moments in the film that did sound pretty funny, you know I did I do like the whole sort of comedy in a serious situation side of things, so the scene in which they're having sex or they're about to have sex and he has the heart, that sounded pretty funny to me. You don't often get romantic comedies about older couples and I'm really interested in that to be honest I really like Grace and Frankie and I think it does a great service for just you know what, broadening our Horizons and our views about romance in films and giving parts, decent, substantial parts, to older actors who are usually relegated to like the comedy dad in like a, a rom com or something. This is putting them front and center stage. It sounds like, with regards to the cast and characters, there's a bit of a disparity there with what you believe. Alex said that Jack Nicholson doesn't give a good performance, maybe because it's a little too close to home, it's a little too like Jack Nicholson. That quite interested me a little bit, especially what Dave was saying sort of with reality really between the character that jack nicholson is playing and the reality of jack nicholson as a person and maybe that's what drew him to the role and why he gave such a believable performance in dave's eyes there was a sticking point with regards to diane keaton's performance dave saying it was fantastic and it reminded everybody of what you can actually deliver alex saying that it was a bit unrealistic a bit over the top especially that montage scene I mean, I would like to think that if she's won a Golden Globe for that performance, it's because it's a good performance at least. It isn't just a case of, like, oh, we'll give it to her because she hasn't won one in a while. I'd like to think that there at least is something to that. Now, I know that you joked about me giving a plus mark because Jack Nielsen got his arse out, but I did give it a plus mark. (laughs) (laughs) The reason being is that I like that the film showed and embraced all the characters being nude, and it sounds like it was a bit of an equal split between Diane Keaton and Jack Nicholson. It wasn't just a case of, once again, focusing on the female. It was a case of, like, splitting it between the two of them. And that it wasn't sexualized as well. And that, to me, sounds a little bit like it's reflective of what the film's outlook on love actually is. It's a case of, it's not. Always young, it's not always sexy or even cinematic, but it can be a little clumsy, it can be not massively romantic, it can even be a little immature. Even so, taking all of that into account, I think, fortunately, Alex, I think I'm going to place this one on the hit list. (laughs)
4: Oh, <laughs> no, what, what was the thinking? <laughs> that I basically, should have stopped arguing after that.
0: No, <laughs> you know, you know it's it, a very difficult one to judge because Alex is very passionate, and and uh, I think you know, I definitely know what Alex thinks about this film. <laughs> It was very evident there. But no, it, it does sound like I
1: would like this film. I think maybe no, you won't like, like <laughs> It's a, it's, it's a good premise, and I can see, I can see how you've fallen into the trap, Gav. I can see, you can see what's happened, but it is a good premise, and if it was a, a sort of a celebration of, you know, love, like you were saying, then it would be great on paper. It sounds great, but the execution is appalling, and um, yeah, you'll hate okay. it. Well a hey, celebration
3: you. of love the cinematic classic, very Christmas time classic, which you also absolutely hate, Alex. Maybe if this was a celebration of love, you would you wouldn't like it either.
1: I just don't like love Aussie <laughs> <thinking. laughs> <laughs> okay,
0: so Joel, I'm gonna imagine that you hundred percent meant what you said. Is that true?
5: Um what if I tell you that I'd probably rather watch mother in- law again?
0: <laughs> monster or
5: whatever it's called.
0: I'd say what the fuck song that monster laws. <laughs> uh, okay, a little so. bit
5: disappointed when he got his arse out that you couldn't see, you know, the bollocks just hanging a little bit. <laughs>
0: yeah,
5: jiggling. I, I did speak about realism, and you know,
0: that was one thing. He may have been cupping. He may have been <laughs> cupping. I don't know. Right. Okay. Thank you very much, Joel. Ozzy what were your thoughts on this?
3: Oh, it was very good. I thought it was like genuinely good. Uh, Performances. I think it felt realistic. It felt um, it felt thought through. Like not perfect, Mm -hmm. but I think it felt thought through in terms of a a love story. Not like not a perfect love story, but certainly of a. You know, for Jack Nichols, I think he's a great actor, and I think he does a really good job with this, and I think she was brilliant uh, Diane Keaton. I think genuinely was very good, and they're both very believable.
0: So I stand by my arguments. Okay, thanks, Ozzy. Did you just call him Jack Nicholsack? Have you got what (laughs) Joel was just saying about balls in uh, your head? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I was thinking, yeah, because they were sucked up close. uh, (laughs) Okay, Okay. enough (laughs) about Jack Nicholson's nudity. Okay, uh, (laughs) now, Dave like uh, coming to you last year i mean we all know really that ozzy's opinion doesn't matter yours is the one that.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> how, t- how did you feel
2: i mean this is going to be the most interesting one i think um i might have oversold it a little along the way um i genuinely think the performances were great though i think that alex is absolutely right the premise of this film is is great you know this is absolutely a film that should be made you know there's a definite market for this it was a box office success there is a genuine audience for films you know with a, a rom-com geared towards an, an older couple um i thought performances were great i thought a lot of the execution of the film was very good i mean this was you know nancy myers wrote it directed produced it. you know this was really a labor of love for her uh, and the casting although a little unimaginative it worked. You know, she wrote the, the parts with the character, with those actors in mind. Mm-hmm. It's the script. I think this is a bit of the sticking point. Um, I do stand by, I think the dialogue is very good. It is the plot. It does kind of stutter at points and it just kind of like ambles along. Uh, it could have done with, a, with a, a harsher editor, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, the plot wasn't great. There's a lot more, I think, that could have been explored. Overall, though, I, I would have put this on the hit list. I liked it. I did like it. Um, maybe not as much as I sold. But well, I did like it. I, did, I think you've made the right call, actually. Um, okay. Yeah, but the, yeah, the script—it deserved a better script, I think. But that's not the dialogue. It's the play it deserved a better story, I should say. The dialogue itself was actually pretty good. It just, yeah, it's—it uh, could have been better. It wasn't terrible, but it could have been that bit better. It deserved to be better. Okay, that's
0: brilliant. Thank you very much, Dave. And. Higher or lower than our previous film on trial, which was Just Go With It, which scored 19% and 59% critical and audience score on Rotten Tomatoes? I mean, it's oh, going to yeah. break my heart,
2: but higher. Oh. <laughs> way
1: way <laughs> higher. I think this might be quite a well regarded film.
0: Okay, yeah. so uh, uh, here we go. Is a uh, barometer here. Is it higher or lower than Wedding Crashes, which scored 75 and 70% critical and audience respectively? I'm going to
1: go for lower. About the same. Mm. I'm
2: gonna say higher. Okay. Yeah, Dave. higher. Uh, just just higher. Mm, just lower, Dave. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's not good. It's not as
0: good as that cinematic masterpiece that crashes 72 percent or uh, critical and 69 percent audience scores on that one. So yeah. Anyway, that is it. Rom-com season has come to a close. What, what a thrill ride it has been, guys. We have sailed the the highs. Of clueless and the lows of fucking I don't know, just go with it. Easy, <laughs> easy. I almost
5: missed Kevin Costa now.
0: <laughs> oh, you shouldn't have said that, Joel. <laughs> well, we, we we we've also you know also sailed the the extremely high uh, high highs of monster and lore as well, which I we missed out there. Uh, <laughs> but. Yeah, Joel, I mean, you're clambering for Kevin Costner again. Well, you'll be in luck, mate, because while you were off the call, we came up with our next... (laughs) Our next season. And we are going to be starting, for some reason, Ridley Scott season. So we're starting a season all about the films directed by that angry Brit, Ridley Scott. Starting with Ridley Scott's seminal masterpiece, House of Gucci. (laughs) So... Look forward to starting that one. Joel is just looking very despondent right now. <laughs> he was obviously only joking when he said that he missed the Kevin Costner season. Uh, so that is it. Just want to thank you all for your very good arguments. Really enjoyed them. Thank you very much. Everybody who has listened to this episode, really do appreciate it. If you want more content, check out FilmsOnTrial.co.uk or listen to us on any podcasting platform. Check us out on all social media, films on trial or at FilmTrials on Twitter and that is it what have we learned today well if you want to see Matt Damon's bare ass, check out Behind the Candelabra <laughs> and
4: <laughs>
0: that is it Something's Gotta Give is a hit I nearly went to say shit <laughs> just, just, there just you goodbye. go there you go just <laughs> you know you know
4: deep
1: down
0: <laughs> Something's Gotta Give is a hit and we'll be in your ears in two weeks time with House of Gucci goodbye
1: how would you prosecute that killed (laughs) oliver reed
4: (laughs) (laughs) the blood of oliver reed